Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into Bet the Edge. It's Monday, July 18th. Thank you for everyone watching on our YouTube channel. It's NBC Sports Edge. And today is very special because rookies are reporting today for camp. So what better time than now to roll out our final edition of our three-part series, Counting Down Training Camp. The show today will be handicapping NFL offensive and defensive rookie of the year markets. Will Brinson from CBS Sports is coming. Also our own Pat Corain. We're talking some long shots, all the major value. Of course, our edge of the days today. All coming up on Bet the Edge, Powered by Points Bet. I am Vaughn Delza. Right next to me is Drew Disnick, a.k.a. the Well Capper. And Drew, we had a great show on Friday. I told you guys I had some Victor Hovland in my pocket. Uh, that dude folded folded like some origami. Uh, Cam Smith coming hard, man. The best putting I've seen in a long time, I felt like. He steals the show and wins it all. Uh, how'd you feel about the U.S. Open over the weekend? I loved it. It was a great, great entertainment. Cam Smith getting the win was long overdue. I felt like uh, you know he was dancing uh, on some of these major championships, coming in second at the Masters and really playing some unbelievable golf when it mattered the most. So you felt like the breakthrough was was coming. Uh, and uh, yeah, he does it in spectacular fashion with one of the most uh, superlative back nines that we've ever seen. Uh, and you know the, the fact that Cam Young was putting pressure on him and that they were playing together made it that much sweeter. Um, couldn't believe that uh, both the cams, uh, you know, took <laughs> one and two uh, out of uh, Rory's pocket because as we went into the Sunday round, Rory was an e prohibitively uh, high expected yeah. uh, win probability there, um, and not to be. Cam Smith had too many bullets left, in, and uh, and really just one of the mo more spectacular final rounds that I can remember to win a, a major. So I love it when it ends that way. You know, when it's somebody yeah. who's playing that well clinching a title uh and uh really uh you know cam smith's an easy guy to cheer for so uh felt pretty positive about the way things broke down and uh yeah you brought up his putting um you know he takes i don't know if you knew this but he takes one long look at the hole yep. before it puts can you imagine if he took two long looks he'd be even better <laughs> no i it's it that the, the some of the stories and the you know and our our own nbc broadcast were kind of silly but overall uh cam cam smith is uh, easy to easy to cheer for and uh what a what a great tournament Definitely an easy chair for when you have hair like that and a mustache like that, too. It definitely doesn't hurt. But, yeah, Rory just couldn't make anything, man. When it came down to clutch, like, he just kept putting, two-putting everything. And you're just waiting for that eagle, that birdie, and it never came. Uh, really, the only other news that came over the weekend, of course, I'm wearing my Yinzer shirt. The Pirates got Tamar Johnson. He had the MLB draft. Uh, I think it was another situation where a number one pick doesn't happen, where everyone thought it was going to. And then, of course, the Portland Trailblazers beat the Knicks in the Las Vegas Summer League. 
Uh, Trenton Watford, named MVP. Uh, Knicks, Dan, can't win anything. Uh, Drew, any thoughts on any of those things? <laughs> well, the MLB draft was crazy. That's four for four now where the chalk has not come home in, in draft number one overall picks, which is absolutely wild. Um, and uh, yeah, you mentioned it. The uh, summer league was completely, completely unpredictable. I did not see anyone backing the Portland Trailblazers to win summer league. I did not know Trendon Watford had anywhere close to that much game. But, uh, yeah. you know, the Portland Trailblazers need some of these young guys to make a leap quickly if they're going to... Uh, kind of vault themselves back into contention with Dame Miller this year. So um, interesting overall, but uh, Summer League was not profitable for many of the professionals <laughs> that I know. Yeah, I don't think it was for many people. But if you didn't know the Trailblazers won, it's okay because Damian Lillard didn't even know the Trailblazers won until they FaceTimed <laughs> him yesterday and told him. So that was pretty funny to see. But let's hop into NFL right before that. It's just a reminder, if you guys don't have the app yet, go to your app store, get NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet. So on all the app stores, the contests are free. Super easy play. You can win thousands. We have MLB, the Slates there, PGA Tour, the NASCAR circuit. You can uh, tell or fade our guys on Battle of the Bets. If you were telling Drew last week, you were getting paid, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he did not come through on Friday, but we will have an addition back starting next week when baseball comes back. So make sure you guys check that out. And we'll also have a home run derby special edition coming too. So uh, mm. I'll get to that a little bit later, though. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. What do you want from your sports book? Better odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sports book partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts all in a fast and reliable sports book. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply. Must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited must be 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, one 888 
532-3500 in Virginia, 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, www.pointsbet.com slash terms dash and dash conditions. Let's talk some football, man. Let's bring in Will Brinson of CBS, Pat Corain of our very own NBC Sports. Talk some offensive rookie of the year with everyone. First off, Will, how are you doing, man? Thanks for joining the show. Pat, you too. What's up, guys? Um, yeah, good uh, Good Sunday, actually. It looked like it was going to be a disaster because of Roy Runaway <laughs> and uh, Cam Smith. Look, I, I mean, I know it's just all football, but I felt like Roy sh- went out and tried to shoot a 70. Because he believed if Victor went over par, which you know he, he, he thought he might, or if he shot even, you know, he just didn't think Victor was going to play well. He believed if he shot a seventy, someone was going to have to shoot a friggin' thirty on the back nine to beat him. And Cam Smith went and did it. And um, you know, sometimes when you have a mullet and a wispy mustache and the Australian uh, nerves of steel, nothing else matters. <laughs> you know, if you can put your if you can put your face off. So uh, you know, tough scene for Rory, but happy for uh, Cam Smith, who I I took out outright. Uh, in May, actually, what was that price? Ooh. Like twenty-seven, not that great. Nah, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I had uh, I had Vic, I had Vic in, the, in in my Calcutta though, so that was that was. Oh, so it sounded like a pretty good weekend for you, then. Yeah, sounded like a pretty good weekend for you, then. Yes, yes. All right, Pat. Me. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Well, let's let's talk some football, Pat. I want to start with you, man, because you know me and you, we got to spend some time together. Uh, the Super Bowl, and we got to talk a little bit there. And I want to know, with everything going on now, it's been quite some time with camp starting up. We have all these rookies. We got, you know, Kenny Pickett of my Steelers leading the way, uh, Brees Hall, Traylon Burks, uh, Drake London. Uh, you know, my personal favorite is Sky Moore to win Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me hear what your thoughts are and where we should be looking in that market. Yeah, I, I do have to call you out a little bit there. I, I wasn't at the Super Bowl. That was our other path. So <laughs> that was our other pad. That was you guys. It's amazing how many names we have, but uh, yeah, I deserve that. Uh, but I, I love the sky more take. So, you know, we're, we're, we're cool again. Um, yeah. yeah. Sky more. I like a lot. As I look at the top of the, the board here on points bet, um, I kind of wish I was getting more of a discount on Traylon Burks after, you know, some of this conditioning stuff. Like ultimately I'm not expecting that will have a huge impact on his career, but maybe it'll cost him some playing time early on, which, could hurt, obviously, for Rookie of the Year. Drake London a little bit uh, longer odds slightly. So I'd like to see Burks fall below that before I'd be interested in him. But I do like Traylon Burks a lot as a prospect. When I go down, I, I'm kind of scrolling, scrolling until I see something I really like. Uh, this is a contingent play, but I do like Rashad White a lot, 50-1. Uh, to 1. He's going to need a Fournette injury uh, at some point to probably – actually get enough work to to win the thing but i think he'll be involved early we had greg allman on a good football show saying he believes that white is already the number two back behind fournette and you know this is a an offense that was getting ronald jones involved in this in the screen game in 2020 at a decently high rate so white who has this incredible receiving skill set i think will get involved on early down passes even if he doesn't get um, a ton of work right away on third down because they're going to trust Fournette on the, those kind of key pass blocking situations, but he'll get work. And then if there's an extended stretch that Fournette is out, I think he could put enough together. It's kind of like an Alvin Kamara type. Um, so he's really interesting to me. He's probably the one that jumps out just kind of as a fun long shot. 
Ooh, I love that. Love that look. Haven't heard anyone else bring that up. And 50 to one is the, is kind of where you ought to be shopping in this market, by right. my opinion. Um, every award sort of has a, a blueprint of like how, you know, how the voters tend to break. And for this particular award, this feels like the one offensive award that's not as QB centric. I mean, we had a rookie QB take a team to the playoffs last year, and he wasn't really given much consideration considering what Jamar Chase did. Um, but so I feel like the the recipe is literally opportunity. Like you just need a role, like a legitimate role, and then you're good. You're in the mix. Uh, Will does there is there anyone who kind of fits that mold of the skill position players, either in at the top of the board or just overall in this market that uh, you know that immediately pops to mind in that context? Um, I think you're right. By the way, Drew, it's not. And yeah, I mean, Mac Jones should have won last year. Like. <laughs> I mean, I, obviously, I say that as a biased Mac. <laughs> but like, like Mac was at minus two hundred going into week eighteen or week seventeen yeah. or whatever it was. Whenever Jamar Chase went nuts and uh, and he just flipped it, and, and it is a good reminder that you know when you talk about these awards, there are blueprints for each one of them. And you got to remember, there are 50, 50 sports. I was going to make a Pete Prisco joke. There's fifty people like Pete Prisco who are voting on these awards every every single year. And you can kind of follow how they're going to operate. I, I think that it, it, for, especially for the offensive player of the year or offensive rookie of the year, excuse me, the top of the board is just not very intriguing. I mean, yeah. I think Sky Moore at eleven to one is fine. I don't hate Kenneth Walker at twelve to one because we've seen, um, you know, Josh Jacobs probably should have actually should have beaten out Kyler Murray for it. Kyler ended up stealing it. Um, but if you get a, if you get a workhorse running back who piles up a bunch of yards, they don't have to have a ton of wins for the team necessarily. Like a quarterback has to, their team has to win, right? So like that's the problem. I mean, and, and I mean that maybe that seems obvious. I don't I don't think it necessarily is because you look at like Kenny Pickett, they could be the third or fourth best team in that division. No offense. Um, you know, yeah, we can I'm have. Taken. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he might not even play. He's a favorite. He's, he's not going to play. Like, Trubisky should start. Trubisky well, yeah. should be the starter. Trubisky is it's going obvious. to be the starter through their bye week. I think their bye is week nine. Through their bye, and if if, if if for some reason the Steelers are like three and six or three and five or whatever it is, then maybe Pickett comes in. There's zero reason to bet Kenny Pickett plus 650. Desmond Ritter at 20 to one. What what are we doing? What, what are we doing? <laughs> like, like Desmond Ritter, I mean – I, I think Desmond Ritter's fine, but he's playing in an offense where, like, on a team with, there's maybe three players you would want on your on your franchise. It's like Kyle Pitts, AJ Terrell, and you know, Grady Jarrett's still very good, but whatever. Um, <laughs> the point being is that, like, I think the way the the way to look at it is is the way that Pat did too, which is take attack this like mid to deeper range in the forty to fifty stuff. The Rashad White is a great look. I think Wondell Robinson is an interesting look at sixty six to one. Justin Ross at 50 to one is, is probably more of a long shot, but like John Michi at 50 to one. I mean, there's just not a lot of like Davis Mills showed a lot of promise. The Texans are clearly going to roll with him. Michi, you know, there's, I mean, there's not a ton of competition for targets. Same thing with Wandell. It's like, you know, he's going to a team where, yeah, they probably stink, but if he piles up a bunch of stats, that cattail is freaking me out, Drew. Uh, if, <laughs> if, if, uh, you know, if he piles up a bunch of stats for, um, you know, for the Giants, then like, I mean, it's it's not. This is not an award of like, it's not like the MVP or the Heisman where you have to win a bunch of games. You know, you you just have to like give the voters a reason to believe that you're the best rookie out there. And I think in this class in particular, that that forty to fifty one range is is the way to look. Interesting. And right now we're seeing David Bell getting twenty two percent of counted points. Brees Hall 
who we didn't talk about a little bit too much, uh, 14%, and uh, Tyler Allegier from BYU. Talking some long shots, you guys are, I mean, already covering it. Like, there's no value top of the board. I have to agree with you. Outside of Sky Moore, like, I'm not willing to bet on any of those guys. And, I mean, it's pretty clear with that for me. But talking long shots, Pat, I'll start with you. Anybody else? You already gave us 50 to 1, so if you don't have many more, I understand. But uh, give us something good. I'll give you another 50 to 1. Uh, I like Tyler Algier a decent amount. Um, again, just kind of going for it. This is kind of almost an, an opposite case of the the white case in that we don't need any kind of contingencies to play out. Like we just are hoping for a roll. It's on a, a bad offense. I, I do agree. This team's not going to win many games. So that's not ideal, but this is a bigger back. He had a, a really nice breakaway profile at BYU, despite not being the fastest guy. He's a four six forty guy, but he's a big back, gets up to speed pretty quickly, hard to bring down. He's going to be kind of a poor man's Derrick Henry in this offense. And this was a team that gave Mike Davis a lot of work. He had almost 200 opportunities last year, despite being phased out of the offense down the stretch. They've hinted that they might use Cordell Patterson a little bit more as like a true receiver, which makes sense because they really don't have anybody behind Drake London. So you could see Patterson still be plenty involved in the offense, but not as much out of the backfield as he was last year opening up even more opportunity for Algier. And, I, you know, maybe the expectations of what we think for the Falcons, if he's racking up rushing yards in this offense, uh, we could get pretty excited about him. Oh, that's fascinating. So the through line here does feel like opportunity is key, just based on sort of the teams we're picking on. And, you know, yeah, if, we, if you go towards teams that are expected to finish well out of it, those teams should be giving their rookies as much opportunity as possible. Like you want to yeah. develop a guy uh, like Algier if you're Atlanta. Like that makes all of the sense in the world. And so it's kind of a perfect synergy there with huge price and guy who's going to get more opportunity than the market believes. Same with the uh, the John Michi call out. That so far, I think I'm actually going to end up at the end of this show going up and firing some of these long shots because all of this makes perfect sense to me. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately it, you know, because this does come down to opportunity, um, can you, can you explain to me why everybody is high on sky more Pat? I think, I mean, part of it is opportunity because you, you have this uncertain receiving core for the chiefs. I also think with sky more, he brings versatility to the mix. He was good on the outside. He was really good in the slot. He's a, he's seen as a, a guy who gets off the line pretty quickly. Uh, I think he's not like necessarily a great deep threat, but a 4-4-140, he does have decent speed. So whatever the Chiefs end up needing from him, he should be able to deliver. Right now they're talking about him as like the backup slot receiver. So yeah. in terms of like week one opportunity, it's not ideal. But he was an early declare wide receiver. He was highly productive. He was highly efficient in yards per outrun throughout his career, uh, second round pick. So he does kind of have a high ceiling type of prospect profile, small school, and, you know, not like the biggest guy in the world. And again, going deep isn't necessarily like what he does best, but he's a guy who could get a lot of work in the intermediate area, either from the slot or from the outside. Maybe he pushes Miko Hardman down the depth chart to number four again and is kind of playing like a Z type of role in the offense. If that happens, he's playing with Patrick Mahomes. If he's as good as it looks like he could be, uh, you know, I think I think that's pretty interesting. I know Sky Moore a little personally. He's uh, he's fr- he's cousins to one of my best friends growing up, uh, and he's been getting a lot of Patrick Mahomes love. So that's the only reason why I really like him because I know Juju Smith's there. But 
I don't think Juju is going to have the season that uh, most people fantasy drafting and want to. So, Will, so I want to hear your thoughts kind of on that wideout market and if you have any long shot bets that you uh, you feel pretty good about. I actually was just looking really quickly. Since 2010, by the way, only three times has the Offensive Rookie of the Year been on a team that won 10 or more games. And one of those teams mm. somehow was the Washington football team. Like, how did it, like, you know, like <laughs> and a very unusual set of circumstances colliding. Um the, the commandos or whatever we're calling them right now. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I, I'm interested in the long shots. I mean, when you start, I mean, you start getting down to like, how t- like, I mean, I, I, I you look at, I, I just wanted, I wanted to say Bailey Zappi, but I couldn't do it with a straight face. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, one of the things is kind of, uh, no, there's not really, yeah, I right, find, you know what? I'll do it. I'll be a hammer. Uh, Zonovan Knight, 250 to one. Insane. Insane return skills, insane breakaway speed. Bam is a monster, and if he actually gets reps as like any type of any type of starter reps, and I know it, it, it's again it's two hundred fifty to one, so it, it is a long shot that he would get starter reps so that he would be the number one back. But if you you know if you think about how you know how often we see you know depth charts you know fluctuate in the NFL, like the only guys in front of him are Brees Hall. You know, rookie Michael Carter, who's you know the, the not the Duke guy, the UNC guy, uh, and Tevin Coleman, right? And so you know he's got Michael P. Runger, I guess. But I mean, like two hundred fifty to one. If you get two injuries, Bam Knight is a perfect fit for that zone blocking, one cut, get up field and rip it off um, type of scheme. So at two hundred fifty to one, you want a really, really, really deep long shot. I will. I will be a full blown homer and say Bam Knight. I'm trying to come up with any. Parallel has a has an undrafted free agent ever won rookie of the year? It's got you got to go back a Way back years, probably yeah like no, before no. they had the draft maybe. Uh, I'm gonna do some research on that and figure it out. But uh, that's a that is a deep cut. Um, and uh, but at the same time, uh, if you're in a class this meh uh, overall, like yeah, going for the long shot makes total sense. So oh, um, almost like uh, Mike Anderson sixth round. Oh, there you go. Well, that's pretty. That's pretty close. Yeah, that, that's that's very close. And um, Andrew, yeah. if you really want to draw a parallel there, Mike Anderson played for Mike Shanahan. Oh wow, who is the Great. mentor for Kyle Shanahan? Who's the mentor for Lafleur? Whichever Lafleur is running the thing, and or whatever's running, which whatever one of Kyle Shanahan's disciples is running. We're, yeah, we're putting the strings on the Pepe Silva Sylvia chart now. I think, but no, and that no. <laughs> <laughs> in seriousness, though, uh, you know the, the, the fact that Mike Anderson did win as a sixth-round pick is pretty wild. Um, Pat, as a fantasy guy, and uh, kind of, can I get your temperature on some of these wide receivers that we saw go in the top ten, notably London and Wilson? Um, you know, we've kind of passed over them. I'm assuming it's you know that the, the sentiment is these are going to be bad offenses. They may have opportunity, but they may not be able to really distinguish themselves. And in fact, like, does it hurt you if you're a guy like Drake London and you're wide receiver one and you are getting the attention of the CB one on the other team? Uh, and oh, by the way, you don't have a quarterback that can necessarily throw you open. Yeah, and also maybe the offense is fighting going to the passing game as much as possible. They're they're running, you know, they they have a really low pass rate over expected, which I think is a, a fair assumption to make about the Falcons, a very fair assumption to make about the Titans. Uh, it's a fair assumption to make about the Jets. So all these really high-drafted wide receivers, um, at least those three, you know, it's a little tougher to see how they're in, like, prolific passing offenses. 
Garrett Wilson at least is a little bit uh, longer odds than uh, Burks and London. And Garrett Wilson, I think, you know, from fantasy, he's really getting slept on. And I like getting him at a little bit of a discount to the other two here at 10 to 1. He's just really good. And I think uh, there's a possibility that maybe he plays ahead of Elijah Moore in two wide receiver sets. And Corey Davis is the other outside wide receiver. Um, I'm not sure that's the most likely scenario, but I think it's possible. And Elijah Moore would be out of the slot, you know, assuming the Jets would then play a lot of three wide receiver sets. But if Wilson is basically, you know, a starter in all situations, he does have a path, even if the offense isn't all that good, which we would expect that it will not be that great. But, you know, if Zach Wilson takes a step forward this season and it's seen as Garrett Wilson really driving that improvement, mm. uh, you know, I, I think there's there's a possibility here. You agree with that, Will? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, if I mean, the, the problem for me is that and, and this is sort of um, this is sort of like my my first round leader uh, in golf like, <laughs> rant that I like to go on is like. Or, I mean, or even the outright market is is that what's happened is you've seen sports books in general. And this is not I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about points bet specifically. I'm talking about like every single sports book. When you look at these odds, or when you look at MVP odds, you look at Super Bowl odds. They've shrunk the market because they don't want to be torched by futures. And so, like, like it, the math does not add up. Where Kenny Pickett is six and a half. Like, like all these guys can't be under twenty to one in a real fair market. Like that is not accurate. Uh, you know, especially when one of them is Desmond Ritter. Like, it's just, it's just not, it is not accurate. So, like, that for me is the problem when looking at these 10 to ones. Um, but I do think if, yeah, Garrett Wilson, you, you have to have a guy who gets volume. And again, we don't need a team that has to win a bunch, but you need a team that has to make us, uh, I think Pat points out, it's like take a step forward, right? Zach Wilson needs to improve. The Jets need to improve. They don't need to win the division. They don't need to be the, they don't need to be a wildcard team. They just need to be, in the mix for the third best team in the division in the AFC East. And people will say, Oh, this, you know, this guy comes in and makes an impact like that. And then yes, that that's how that's his path to win. Um, I would rather take uh, Garrett Wilson than sky Moore personally, um, just because you're talking about the opportunity there. Yeah. Like you're just going to see more targets. You're going to see more um, focus in, in terms of how you're using the offense. Yeah, I don't disagree with you about in general the top of the board prices being absolutely nonsense. Um, detached from detached detached from reality is, I think, a fair way to kind of characterize it. Um, but if or when Marcus Mariota gets hurt week one, what's the fair price for Ritter? Uh, like five to one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's it's a good question. I mean, like, look, Kyler Murray won. Justin Herbert won Rookie of the Year and went. Uh, they went, I believe, five and five and eleven, maybe seven and nine somehow. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Then then they went. Actually, I can't believe Anthony Lynn got fired over seven and nine. That's kind of surprising. Um, you know, and then we had um, Kyler Murray won it, and the Cardinals went five, mm. ten, and one. You know, so like, if I mean, if Ritter, if Mark, if Ritter like wins the starting job or takes over in Week One, and the Falcons win six games, like he. He is he is he is in the mix when it comes to voting yeah. because their defense ain't going to win them the games <laughs> and like uh, I don't think their running game is going to win the game. Like, like it's, if, if they win six games and Desmond Ritter plays eighteen of them or even fifteen of them, it's they they won six games because Desmond Ritter is way better than we thought he would be. Is that likely to happen? No, but it's not. Yeah, a fair price for Desmond Ritter if he starts week one is probably like seven to one. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, we know he's going to have volume if he ends up starting. The Falcons ran the ball the most outside of Titans on first down, and they had the worst second down percentages in yards per game, yards per game uh, in the NFL, according to Warren Sharp. So a lot more passing will be in the, fu- the Falcons' future this year, in my opinion. But before we bring everybody you know, back. Arthur Smith, pal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. That's true. I said he loves to run the ball. But we'll get to the defensive side of the ball right here in a second. We bring him back, Will and Pat Corain, not Roto Pat. He'll never let me live that down. But <laughs> Sundays are going to be special up until football because we still have Sunday leadoff uh, presented by Uber Eats. That's on Peacock Baseball. This weekend, we have the Cubs and the Phillies, 1130 a.m. Eastern. It's on NBC and Peacock. Make sure you guys check that out. And if you download the app, like I said earlier, $25,000 out there for free to play. Just go to your app store and download the app. NBC Sports Predictor powered by PointsBet. Sunday free Grand Slam. What do you want from your sports book? Better odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sports book partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts all in a fast and reliable sports book. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply. Must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited, must be 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-888-5 3500 in Virginia, 8778 Hope NY, or text Hope NY 467-369 in New York. www.pointsbet.com slash terms dash and dash conditions. Bring the boys back in. It's time to talk some NFL. Defensive side of the ball now. Uh, very wide market in my opinion. Will, I'm gonna start with you here. You know, we got the Aiden Hutchinson, we got KB on Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker. I like Kyle Hamilton and Quay Walker, too. I feel like those guys present a little bit of value. But we already said the top of the top of these markets don't have too much value before week one. So where are you going, my friend? Uh, I mean, like Drew had the phrase earlier, the blueprint for each of these awards. And it's like you could not be more accurate. I mean, that is that is the truth. Like you you can, you know, the MVP is a quarterback, you know, it's a quarterback with the best record. It's just the <laughs> national Heisman. That's all it is, right? Like, yep. and, and, you know, for defensive player of the year, you can kind of see um, a blueprint emerge as well. If you, if you sort of figure out how these voters operate and, you know, the reality, like, it depends on the, it depends on the season. It, you know, there, there are some variables, of course, but by and large, it's the best pass rusher, unless someone has an elite season statistically either as a cornerback or a defensive back in a very rare case, like Marshawn Lattimore in 2017, or more likely as a linebacker like Darius Leonard or Luke Keekley, however you want to classify Von Miller. And then, of course, you could have an Aaron Donald you know, rushing from the interior, but he also had, um, I believe, yeah, he had nine sacks as a, as a rookie. Not bad. Um, so I, when I look at this, I, I want to target the edge rushers if I can, but I don't really want to be involved in anybody under 10 to one. Um, same deal with the, you know, same complaint with the defensive side as the offensive side. So maybe the two guys I would sort of look at um, from, you know, from the jump would be Jermaine Johnson, 11 to one. 
yeah, again, like I don't think that's a great price for him. But I, you know, if I'm, I'm trying to get past, I want double, I want double digits. If I'm if I'm going a defensive rookie of the year, and then George Karloftis, I think at twenty to one is kind of interesting, just because of the you know you get sack potential. Like if you get eight to ten sacks as a rookie. It means you're making an impact for your team. It means you're you're being discussed in in this conversation. And you know, I mean, if you know, if somebody goes full Michael Parsons, you're you're not going to win it. But like, yeah, you know, the Michael Parsons was probably in that. I don't know, ten to he was he the favorite last year? I could be wrong. Uh, I think he was the favorite, but it wasn't he like, was like prohibitively high. Seven to one, six, yeah, seven yeah. to one, maybe, yeah. But like seven, like seven to one. I mean, when Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau are both or Kayvon Thibodeau are both five and a half to one, it's like seven to one for Michael Parsons. I mean, obviously, in hindsight, it feels pretty good. <laughs> I would say, though, that at this time last year, he was expected to have more of like a... He was a linebacker, not a... Yeah, he was expected to have a pass, yeah. you know, pass defense role that was broader than he actually had. And uh, I think people thought he was just going to rack up tackles. And I, I was way, way, way cold on him one year ago yeah. today and actually wait it was like halftime of game one that uh quinn really adjusted the way he was utilizing him so it really was kind of in season uh that they changed how they, he, they did not come into the year possibly. saying this guy's gonna be a pass rusher no no they didn't even no. know he was capable. had they I, we would have bet him at seven to one <laughs> no 100 yeah 100 um so i'll throw this to pat then uh there if you need if if you know if this is a pass rushers award this year and we have some elite guys that you know went at the top of the draft. This is not a uh, you know not a surprise that those guys are at the top of this board. Who has the cleanest path to uh, to eight to ten sacks, and why is it Aiden Hutchinson who gets to play the Bears twice? <laughs> yeah, that that feels right to me. Uh, I do at least. If you look at Walker eight to one, he's got uh, you know a little bit longer odds than the other uh, top two guys. So that is like slightly appealing to me. Um, just as it like you're betting on. Like he's a bit more raw, the athleticism, but like if that's there, he should be able to to get to the quarterback and, and get sacked. So, um, I don't know. It, at a slight discount to the other two top guys, that's a, a bit appealing. But yeah, overall, it's a tough it's a tough year for defensive player of the year because defensive rookie of the year because uh, if if one of these pass rushers get there gets there, they're going to win it. And we've got three really high end guys, so um, <laughs> it makes it kind of difficult. I, I think. Uh, ultimately, I think all you know one of these three is is a pretty big favorite to to take it down. Hmm. Is there one that you can say is easiest to rule out? I, I don't have a strong lean there. I guess maybe Thibodeau would be my my lean because he's got the same price as Hutchinson, and I like Hutchinson better. But um, yeah, do you guys have a have one of these guys that you'd rule out? I mean, I'm a <laughs> I have a personal bias for Trayvon Walker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> after he made half the internet uh, a bunch of money in the draft, but um, like I think I think um, Hutch does make sense with the. I mean, again, the Bears thing is not like that's not not real. Like, I mean, <laughs> stink like the bears are gonna stink this year they didn't do anything like their number one upgrade for their offense and to help out justin fields was a trade for in kill harry this offseason like that is that is about as i mean obviously you can you know, yeah i'm making the kill harry jokes but i mean like they didn't really didn't do anything to help tra- yeah. to help justin fields this, this offseason so like that could be you know you look at like um was it chandler jones uh last year who had like five sacks in week one and then you know like yeah. like aiden hutchinson could get six sacks against the bears and that alone will those like those two two big games there would win you the award essentially. Yeah. Do you like um, Hutchinson lined up better 
on the against the the left tackle in Braxton Jones or against the right tackle in Larry Borum? Are those real people? <laughs> those are the Bears. Those are the Bears starting tackles right now. On no, the, have, uh, what about the guy from um, the boy Jenkins. from uh, Jenkins? He's yeah. supposed to be the second string right tackle at the moment. Yeah. They've yeah. got a four a fourth <laughs> rounder at left tackle right now. Yeah. That's right. Gentlemen, Ryan Pace. Everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Julian, yeah. Julian Davenport and Tevin Jenkins are both on the second string right now. You can tell I really yeah. love I really love <laughs> this. No, this um, is this is this is recent. This was this uh, yeah. the Bears yeah. thing is not a bit. It's a it's a big no. advantage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, um, absolutely wild. I mean, like Avilas uh, uh, Jones Jr. was the uh, the other up, like the, if like, yeah. maybe better than Inkyo Harry. In terms He's of their the, starting uh, slot right now. <laughs> this this <laughs> roster yeah, is a disaster, man. Like unbelievable. It's so bad. <laughs> I think we can all agree the team total under is the way to go this year for that, even though we're uh, talking. Yeah, we 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 kind of glossed over any chance that the that any secondary player could get this award. Um, but yeah. off the top, you know, you know, uh, Vaughn mentioned Kyle Hamilton, yeah. and he was expected to be a top three talent in this draft. He slid because of he's because he's slower than we all realized, I guess. Um, but he ended up on a team that has the potential to be perceived as a top five defense. You know, you you could get to the end of the season and people look at the Ravens and be like, oh, yeah, that's a top five defense, just on the basis of, like, how good some of the players are around a guy like Kyle Hamilton. Um, is there any path to him stealing this if none of these guys produce sacks where somebody looks at a team, uh, be it the Ravens or one of these other teams that has drafted a uh, an elite, um, you know, pass defender, and uh, they say, well, I mean – We'll give him some credit for, you know, taking a team in like the Ravens who, uh, you know, desperately needed that type of player last year and didn't have them and, uh, you know, really helped turn the tide. Or is that is that just not in the cards this year? Will? Uh, I mean, I think it has to be. So I, I think I've done this right. Looking at it, it's possible I messed it up because I messed up all the time. But I believe since 1998, when I was in high school, whew, that's a long time ago. Uh, three <laughs> acts have won the defensive rookie of the year award. Yeah. Yikes. And two now two in the last, like, you know, you have Marshall Lattimore 2017 and Marcus Peters in 2015. I think then the last one would have been uh, Charles Woodson, who won it in 98. Um, but you look at Peters in 2015, eight interceptions, which led the NFL. This is a 280 return yards on interceptions. That Incredible. is a wild number. <laughs> like, and he had two touchdowns, uh, 26 passes defense for PFR. So like a, just a huge statistical season by a defensive back. And then you look at Marshawn Lattimore. Remember that 2000. Um, so Lattimore won defensive and Kamara won offensive. Cause that, that 2017 draft class took the, the <sighs> perennial seven and nine saints and turned them into an 11 win team. And, you know, it, that was the year when Sean Payton was at the coaches, the owners meetings, like, oh, I, I got a contract in my, Briefcase, I'll sign it right now. You don't think I'll sign this? You're like, what? What are you talking about, Sean? <laughs> um, and, but uh, you know, look at that season by him for Lattimore. It's five picks, and he scored. You know, and and a, and a ret- touchdown return, forced fumble. You know, fumble recovery. Uh, eighteen passes defense. Like, you have to have banana stats as a defensive back to win this award. Because at the end of the day, or like. Or just you know be somebody that you know nobody's throwing against because at the end of the day when most of these voters are are, are making these votes, you know it, you are you are voting for like ten awards right and or maybe five six whatever you want like there's a you're not zeroed in on 
you know, the coverage play by, you know, every rookie defensive back. And most of these guys get exposed against elite NFL talent. So the stats have to be there for, for a, a rookie uh, defensive back to win this award. I feel like I'm talking myself out of Kyle Hamilton a little bit. Yeah, he's yeah, he's got to beat out Chuck Clark <laughs> to even get the starting spot. Marcus, they just signed Marcus Williams, who was of that elite Saints draft class as well. Um, so it's not he may not even really get the opportunity. Um, you know, what's I guess is there? Uh, there's not really anyone else that stands out that could have like the type of role. Sauce Gardner, Stingley Jr. Like I think we all agree, like the Jets and the Texans are going to be bad defenses. And I do like runs the, in the second half. Kyrie Elam is an interesting one, I guess. I like the narrative that you painted for Hamilton, though. I mean, there's going to be this natural like resurgence of the the Ravens secondary from where they were last year, and if he can be a big part of that, he's obviously going to need to get the stats like like Will mentioned. But you do have that little bonus for him of you know the Ravens looking like the Ravens again on defense uh, could help him. Yeah, I have to agree with that for sure. There's going to be. It's going to be quite the market. I like where you guys are headed. So before we get out of here, I want to start with you, Will. Give us, let us know what you're working on, you know, where to find your work and your favorite bet you gave us today. What's number one? Work. It's July. (laughs) 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 It's it's, it's major season. Um, No, uh, uh, you know, I actually don't. I don't think I'm really working very hard right now. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can check out my podcast. I, I, we were doing a podcast, Pick Six Podcast. Uh, people can check that out. On yeah, you know, uh, you, we do. I'm technically a YouTuber now. I think um, the, <laughs> I had to tell my son that just so he's impressed by something I do. Um, the, the, um, the I think you know YouTube, of course, uh, YouTube.com/slash/pick6, and then Apple, whatever, you know, Google, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. Um, I'm going to hang my hat on the long shot. I'm going to say Bam Knight. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go bet that at two fifty to one. Two fifty to one. Like okay. it's, it's, it's outrageous, but this is such a wide open. Like we knew coming into this draft, and like I mean, Pat could speak maybe better to this than I could. But like, if, if for dynasty purposes, like I, I, I was trading away my future picks for this coming draft because there is not a ton of elite talent in this draft class and you saw it you know with the way that the actual draft played out and and who was taken at the top like the offensive talent is not there for this for this rookie class the quarterbacks are grossly mispriced in my opinion across the board because a lot of them won't see time and there's a reason why only one of them went in the first round um you know you have guys like Traylon Burks and Drake London and Garrett Wilson of course who could see tons of targets but they're still rookie wide receivers and, you know, uh, several of them are on offenses, as we point out, like love to run the football. Who was it the two highest expected or uh, run above expectation was Atlanta and Tennessee. Like, you, 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 so I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to say the long shot. Give me a give me a band night. Two fifty to one. That's my favorite bet of the day. That McDonald's money. Four dollars wins you a thousand. You become an international treasure if it hits here at NBC Sports. So I like it. Will <laughs> Pat, let us know about you, your favorite bet and where we can find what you're working on this summer. Yeah, uh, I think my favorite bet was the Rashad White one. Um, you know, this it could all kind of come together for him. We're like, you know, it's just it's kind of easy to see him winning. He needs a couple to, a couple things to break right, uh, but you know, a talented, athletic, pass catching running back is always going to be uh, fun to bet on. So, uh, yeah, you can check out a good football show. We're having beat writers on every week to preview the divisions. So, getting some really good information there, including that Greg Allman. Get about White being the number two running back there already. Uh, and we've got our team previews rolling out every day on uh, uh, NBC Sports Edge. 
absolutely. Well, make sure you guys are following them if you're not already. Will is at Will Brinson on Twitter. Pat is at Pat Corain on Twitter. Thank you guys. I honestly learned a lot today. I hope everyone listening did as well. Um, I can't wait for NFL season. I know you guys can't wait either. Thank you guys. All right. It's time for the edge of the day, Drew. Are you ready, my friend? Because it's going to be tough to be 250 to one. Yeah. I mean, the amount of lunch money we got on the show today, I was pretty excited about. Um, So I'm going to take some shots in the dark today. Um, I know that's what I'm up to on this Monday, but uh, what are you up to betting on this Monday slate? So uh, the tennis uh, is it has a weird week this week. Um, we wrapped up grass season last week in Newport. Uh, Maxine Cressy takes home the title in Newport, Rhode Island. Um, and we have this weird little intermediate week where they're playing on clay in Europe before we get started on the hardcore North American swing in earnest. Um, and the big tournament is in Hamburg, Germany. Uh, where they are playing for big-time points, big-time money uh, in a 500-series ATP tournament event. And uh, the Hamburg-Germany so far has been pretty chalky, uh, not seeing any upsets so far. But that is going to change later today when Jan Leonard Struff takes on Karen Hachinov of Russia. And Hachinov is a perfectly fine, fine clay player. He's made runs at Roland Garros in the past. That is not in dispute. But he is coming into an informed Struff, who I think people are very, very, very slow to correctly assess what has happened to him through the 2022 campaign. He started out the season playing absolutely miserably. He was dealing with a number of injuries. He took an extended absence at one point uh, to try to get himself right. And he came back for the grass tournament season, won an impressive match, and then ran into just some very, very informed players, but played his heart out. And I think he, in general, um, you know, has more in the tank than people realize. I am banking some of my uh, opinion on this because he went into Braunschweig uh, at the challenger level last week, and he just went scorched earth on a field that was relatively strong. He went, he did not lose a set beating Delbanis. Taro Daniel, uh, Laxanen, and Martyrer in the final uh, on his way to having a championship at the challenger level. I think he carries that form right into Hamburg where he beats Kachanov in round one. And honestly, I think Struff is a player that I'm going to bet a lot this week because I think he carries this winning form through to a, a decent run here at this tournament. So Jan Leonard Struff on the money line for me. Uh, that is down to plus 106. I bet into it at plus 125 this morning. I think he ought to be a little bit of a favorite here. So I think there's still value at plus 108. Um, and uh, I would get involved in any way you can on Jan Leonard Struff uh, pulling off uh, some magic in Hamburg. So obviously the money is coming in your way. The sharps are on the same side as you if it's coming down that much. What's the difference? Because I, I want to know this personally between you taking the plus one and a half, taking the money line for that one. Like what's your determining factor? So in general, um, you are trying to kind of understand or construct what the you know the path to victory is for these two players if you're going to either play into a handicap or play a money line um and you know for clay uh where you have a realistic um 
it is easier to break players on clay than grass. A lot of Wimbledon, everything went seven six, six seven, seven six. You know, a lot of tie breaks, a lot of deep. You know, very few uh, service breaks just because of the speed of the surface. Clay is slower. There are more breaks, and what tends to happen is you get score lines that are more like six three, six two, two six, four six, right? And in those cases, you need the kind of just the right combination to get a handicap home. So I tend to steer well clear of the handicaps when we're on clay, uh, and in general, um, you know. If, if Jan Leonard Struff is covering that handicap, it's because he's winning this match. It's not because, uh, you know, he loses a tiebreaker in the third and it was otherwise very, very close. So, um, you know, in general, that's kind of my philosophy. Uh, the other kind of way to carry that forward is uh, if you're betting into a totals market, I like games over for the most part on grass. I like sets over for the most part on clay because again, if you're going to get a longer match, if your challenge, you know, if your underdog is going to is has a little bit of fight, has a little bit of life, the chances that he wins a set by getting a couple of breaks versus just winning a tiebreaker uh, is higher. And so, um, you know, in general, I, I tend to try to bet over sets on clay and I bet over uh, over games on grass when I have a live dog. That is a veteran breakdown if I've ever heard one. I learned a lot right there. So I definitely appreciate that, Drew. I hope everyone else did too, because yeah, you know me. I'm not into tennis betting. I tell yours, I look at yours, I try to learn from them and see if there's something I could take away from it. But yeah, listen to you talk about it. I enjoy that a lot. So I'm gonna go with something. You know, I took a break from baseball. I said the second half of baseball season, it's out of the window for me. I'm not wasting my time and energy, but I do have one final bet and it's in the home run derby. It's on the childish Gambino. You don't know who the childish Gambino is. That's Juan Soto, ladies and gentlemen. This guy has a longest home run prop. It doesn't make much sense to me. It's sitting at 470 and a half feet right now. He hit a home run in last year's Derby, 520 feet. So his prop of being 470 and a half right now is just mind-boggling to me. That and right now in July, he's on fire. He's hitting, he's batting 425, five homers, 10 RBIs. He's only hitting 250 on the season, but he ranks six among all outfielders with 19 home runs. He's on pace to pass his career high of 34 home runs. And little tidbit, because we all know when you're hitting the home run derby, you need a guy that has throwing you good balls over the middle, real soft, just crushing them. Jorge Meja, thrown to him on the derby. Meja was Soto's offseason hitting coach in the Dominican Republic for years. He's also a former Nationals minor league coach that worked with Soto to get his swing to where it's at right now. So I like all the factors. For Juan Soto to go over 470, 470 and a half feet for his longest home run. Uh, like I said, he had 520 last year. He's mashing in July. Uh, seems like a no-brainer to me. What do you think, Drew? That sounds fun to me. I think uh, <laughs> this is the park sets up well for him. Conditions look good for long home runs here. So, uh, yeah, 470 and a half seems like a bettable number. I'll, I'll ride with you on that. Juan Soto, get it done, buddy. Let's go to the Childish Gambino, baby. So, Plenty of plays today all across the NFL market. We got MLB and we got tennis. So hopefully you guys can tell, make some money with us. That is Drew Disnick, the well capper. I am Von Delzell. And don't forget to check out NBCSports.com. You have all the info you guys need after you're done listening to us. Continue helping you with your wagers. We appreciate you guys for watching our YouTube channel, NBC Sports Edge. And again, don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Good luck with your plays. And we'll see you guys later this week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.